0: Welcome to Pedaling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. Welcome back to another episode of Paddling the Blue. Today I'm joined by Larry Joya, and Larry is a great friend of the paddling community and a strong advocate for what is termed universal paddling, also known as adaptive paddling. And in this episode, Larry shares how he got into the sport and how he began focusing on growing the paddling community to be more inclusive. So enjoy today's episode with Larry Joya. Welcome, Larry. Thanks for joining us on Paddling the Blue today.
1: Hey John, thanks so much. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So, Larry, tell us a little bit about your personal paddling background.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so, probably much like you and many of your many of your listeners, um, uh, I started out as a, a recreational paddler uh, for uh, both my own personal fitness uh, as well as just leisure, uh, and then that turned into this obsession and passion for teaching, or excuse me, probably t- turned my passion for teaching. Uh, into recreation, which then turned into becoming an instructor with the American Canoe Association, Uh, and then it it, it ran from there. So uh, combining all those things together, John, combining my passion and interest, I became an instructor with the American Canoe Association, Uh, went on to become a Level 3 coastal instructor, and been teaching uh, here in southwestern Pennsylvania for the past few years now uh, in that capacity, but more specifically, I think you want to talk more about adaptive paddling this evening, and I'm happy to talk more about
0: that. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what is adaptive paddling?
1: Yeah, so adaptive paddling and most recently kind of more more officially referred to as universal paddling. The best way to describe this and the best way to think about this John and for our listeners uh, is that everybody can paddle Uh, and that in its truest sense of the word that paddling is for everybody regardless of your ability Uh, and so the American Canoe Association has established uh, and formulated a curriculum for paddlers with disabilities Uh, both physical disabilities uh, as well as other hidden disabilities we may not be able to see. Uh, And that curriculum uh, is available for instructors to learn best practices and the best ways for adaptations if required to teach individual disabilities how to paddle just uh, as easily and efficiently as everybody else. And so the Universal Paddling Program from the American Canoe Association is what I'm describing here and uh, very happy to represent the ACA Uh, as one of the instructor trainers for uh, adaptive
0: paddling. So Larry, what got you personally interested in working with Universal Paddle Sports?
1: Yeah, so uh, as as I was sharing some notes with you prior to to this discussion this evening, John, my connection is actually back to Chicago, (laughs) of all places. Being here in southwestern Pennsylvania, some of my own teaching took me to Chicago a few years ago. Uh, I guess it's probably going on six years ago plus now. Um, I was at the Chicago Boat Show, which perhaps you're familiar with, and Absolutely. some of your listeners, <laughs> not a small one. Uh, there's not much paddling there, but uh, I had the very distinct fortune to be uh, in a very small pool there. And I'll give you the kind of long-winded, short-winded answer, so to speak. Uh, I was in a pool at the Chicago Boat Show, whereby my my job that two days, those two days, excuse me, uh, was to make sure kids had a good time uh, in the pool, and they were demoing some boats. Uh, I was just there to be kind of a, an oversight capacity. And during that time, John, uh, I had the uh, a life-changing moment, uh, as as I describe it now, where uh, a young man from Libertyville, Illinois, uh, was pad- who, who I come to know uh, of now, his name is Evan Sheehan. Uh, Evan was paddling in the pool that day. I didn't think much of it. Uh, just like every other kid in the pool, he was just getting after it and, and enjoying himself. And uh, as he was paddling around the pool, I, as I paddled over to Evan to give him some tips and some thoughts as he was paddling, uh, I was a bit in shock. Uh, only to recognize, John, that he was paddling with one arm, not because he wanted to, but the fact of the matter is he only had one arm to paddle with. And that was a bit, uh, took me back a little bit. I didn't really know what to say, didn't know what to do, didn't know really how to even address the situation. As uh, as an instructor uh, and as a a teacher, usually you don't really get caught up in situations. You kind of have to handle yourself. I didn't really know what to do. And so all that to say is that experience uh, six years ago really got me thinking differently uh, about the words we use. Uh, what how, what does it mean to be an able bodied paddler? What does it mean to be a kayaker? And the fact of the matter is, is, as you know, as an ACA instructor, we wanna make the world a better place to paddle. And that's really was the, the impetus behind my interest in adaptive paddling. Um, come to find out there is the program which we just talked about a bit. We could talk more about that. Uh, learned about that. There's an endorsement training program, a certification program, excuse me. Um, went on to do that. And then uh, the rest is history, so to speak. I mean, just fell in love with it uh, and learned there's a, a very uh, large interest and, and need uh, in the broader community. We can all get outside, and enjoy the water as freely and as efficiently as everybody else. And that's really kind of the, the catalyst to what it got me into what I'm doing today.
0: Well, certainly. Uh, Larry, who, who does U- Universal Paddling serve?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's everybody uh, in its truest sense in everybody. The universal paddling program was introduced in the ni- 1990s. Uh, early on, it was largely focused around uh, adaptive paddling, specifically those individuals with uh, different abilities or physical uh, disabilities, uh, whereby some potential adaptations may be required. For example, you know, in this case of a limb difference or someone who may not have uh, full use of a hand uh, or a hand or a limb Maybe a spinal cord injury, things of that nature, whereby physical adaptations are required. So that's kind of one you know, generalization of an audience, so to speak, those with physical disabilities. And, and then most, and then most recently, the the ACA has also, and we've been introducing more of a um, uh, non uh, physical disabilities. So this is more intellectual disabilities, uh, things of that nature that uh, really don't require adaptations physically, but require adaptations in teaching style. And so it's really for everybody. That's why universal. We changed the name from adaptive to universal because it truly is universal in nature. Uh, and it's really for everybody. If uh, what I like to say is, and it's it's a bit of a generalization, but if someone says I, I couldn't possibly paddle because of reasons X, Y, and Z, because of potentially they, they perceive to be a physical limitation. The fact of the matter is, as you all know and your listeners know, <laughs> if you can sit uh, you're halfway there, and I don't know anybody. I've yet to meet someone that I know that can't sit, <laughs>
0: uh, right? So, tell us a little bit about the ACA's adept or universal pedaling program, and how that how that prepares you to support this population.
1: Yeah, so and this is probably just good information for your for your listeners as well. Whether so, it's important to recognize. That we keep talking about the ACA. You do not have to be an ACA instructor to participate or excuse me to partake in the program Um, the the program is a defined set of curriculum Uh, it's a a minimum of two days that we offer as an endorsement for existing instructors with the aca but it's also a tremendous resource for individuals who come with either therapeutic recreation background um, spinal cord injury physical therapy ot pt kind of the the realm of, of the medical profession um, who have interest in, in sports and specifically adaptive sports. And so it's through that curriculum that we offer uh, the the workshops, uh, both the universal paddling as well as um, adaptive paddling, uh, and we tailor those and we introduce those around the country, and we've been doing so since 1990.
0: So tell us a little bit about some of the differences in uh, both teaching and then the the equipment that you use to support universal paddle sports.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I think this is uh, I think most of those uh, who are instructors uh, who are listening to this podcast can appreciate, you know, regardless if we're talking in the context of adaptive or we're talking uh, in terms of instructing able-bodied paddlers, we still adapt our teaching style regardless. Everybody learns differently. certainly. And so I and the first the first piece of your question is is that I wouldn't think of it any differently, any difference in terms of teaching style. Now, clearly, there's a, a, a wealth of kind of just domain knowledge that uh, comes with this. Uh, by no means do I, nor do the other instructors who have done adaptive, so to speak. We know every single thing there is to know about uh, different abilities. That's just impossible. <laughs> uh, however, what's really, really key with this in terms of teaching is that we know paddling uh, as the instructors and our students know their ability. Uh, and together, it's really a team effort to teach to the ability. Uh, and really only adapt uh, to your second question and only really adapt uh, as necessary. So kind of getting into some of the equipment kind of side of things, uh, there is some commercial equipment uh, currently available in the market. Uh, not a lot that you can appreciate. It's, it's not a, a, a mass market uh, specifically for kayaking. Uh, there are a few which maybe we can talk about here in this conversation. Uh, but equipment really kind of comes down to seating. Uh, considerations for seating, both uh, in the how high or low the seat may be positioned in the boat, which you can appreciate for um, just balance, uh, as well as you know, potentially someone for balance in the boat, which we may think about making sure someone can sit upright in the perfect paddling position and not leaning to one side or the other. So we start thinking about seating from a uh, lateral stability making sure that the individual is able to sit upright and and make sure they can move the boat properly through the water so moving from seating uh, then gets into either stabilizing the boat from with either outriggers um, which by no means uh, means that you cannot flip the boat over but just provides some more stability uh, if someone is a little more wobbly in the boat so you may think about something like that outriggers um, for additional stability to create more of a stable platform uh and then from seating uh into kind of the boat itself and how it sits in the water from there it really comes down to are there any other adaptations that may be required from a grip uh, perspective and you start thinking about individuals who may may not have full use of their hands uh may not have uh an arm or uh, maybe have limited use of an arm there are adaptations uh that go along with that for grip uh, or augmenting loss of function in hands and arms uh, that's kind of the basics, right? And kind of you think, thinking about all the positions and all the things that uh, go along with paddling, uh, that's really what we come down to. A lot of considerations, but at the end of the day, it's about uh, adapting to and teaching to the ability versus overdoing it. I hope that gives you some context.
0: So out of curiosity, how would you respond to someone who, who is interested in getting involved, but maybe is scared to do so because they don't have firsthand experience?
1: Yeah, and so I'll answer your question. Is this would be specifically for an individual with a disability getting into paddling or maybe somebody who wants to teach an individual with a
0: disability? Uh let's let's talk about somebody who might be interested in teaching.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, um <laughs> we've we've all been there. Uh, I think, you know, well, we've all been there maybe coming at a different angle. So I'm coming at this with the story of Evan that I just shared with you in the audience with zero background. So I am the guy that you're referring to (laughs) (laughs) versus uh, individuals who come with more of a physical therapy, more medical uh, therapeutic background who don't know the other side of paddling. So I'll answer it kind of from my perspective, as, as the individual in the first scenario that came into this kind of cold, I know paddling, but I knew nothing about disability. At the end of the day, I guess, you know, and this isn't to keep promoting this program, but it really, really is this program, the ACA adaptive universal paddling program really gives folks a firsthand hands on broad brushstrokes exposure to you know, the considerations and best practices for uh, paddling with individuals with different abilities. That's clearly you cannot know everything there is to know in 16 hours, right? What, what I, I took that course and then from there, what worked best for me and I would encourage your listeners to do is just just get out there, get out and, and get involved. As with anything where you have an interest or curiosity, uh, especially in the world of adaptive sports, there are a ton of resources that exist in the community as well as online as I think you can all appreciate. Just go volunteer. Start showing up at uh, adaptive sports events. It doesn't have to be paddling. It can be basketball. It could be whatever exists in, the, in in particular region where our listeners are, are listening in from. Just show up and be curious. Uh, I think that's probably half the battle It's just curiosity and ask lots of questions. <laughs> uh, I did a ton of question asking, and I still do to this day as a, as a lifelong learner. I, I definitely don't state claim to know everything I know uh, that I don't that I don't know. Excuse me. But uh, I know what I know, and I'm happy to share that information. I think it's part of the reason why I'm here this evening with you.
0: I think that that's one of the key pieces is that you know, if, for somebody who's an instructor who's interested, um, don't have you don't have to have an extensive medical background. It's just a matter of you know paddling. The program uh, will help you, and the community will help you as well.
1: That's, that's, that's much more succinctly stated. Absolutely, <laughs> I think that's 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 absolutely the best way to to frame it. I think that goes with any of the any instructor who's looking to, you know, either receive an additional endorsement or get to a specific focus area, if that's a, a safety or rescue or something like that. I mean, at the end of the day, there's clearly a broad community uh, of experts who is willing to help. And, and from my experience, John, I don't know about you, but uh, any instructor would love to take the time to share their knowledge.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm certain you already mentioned Evan, uh, but tell us about some of the other people who might have inspired you along the way
1: yeah i mean there's there's hundreds so i definitely won't bore your audience by name (laughs) with the individuals but uh there's there's a few that come to mind uh and that there's some folks here in pittsburgh and then now having done this now for the past you know six years as i mentioned they're definitely across the country and around the world you know i will say there's some individuals here in pittsburgh uh, and that uh really got me you know just more interested but but definitely got me more excited about the potential for adaptive paddling Um, by way of kind of naming some individuals. I wouldn't expect your listeners to know them, but there's some hand cyclists uh, here in Pittsburgh, Ashley Molinaro, uh, Brian McCormick, and and Dan McCoy specifically. And Dan McCoy is a a special character. We'll talk about him in a second, um, because there's a backstory of where it came full circle with. I met these individuals um, early on in my own exploration uh, of adaptive sports, um, as as I said earlier, and they've really kind of embraced me as kind of the quote-unquote outsider who knew nothing about adaptive sports. But again, it gets back to the community comment of what you said, they were very much open to me kind of volunteering with them, learning and asking lots of otherwise silly questions, uh, less about their individual disability, but more about um, just learning and understanding what does it really mean to to live with a disability or in this case, uh, awesome ability, right? And really, they really became the catalyst for me to start thinking differently. Uh, about what it means to to live with and to be someone who has uh, a disability, and what that means to be active. Um, there's really no no barriers to this stuff, right? Uh, it's limitless, and I think you're probably going to have some other guests on your show who will talk more about that in their own personal experience. So those are three individuals that really kind of became a catalyst for me, and then there's a host of people within you know the adaptive paddling community. Kevin Carr. Uh, as an individual who I connected with early on uh, in my endeavors who is one of the equipment manufacturers with creating ability um, he was very much and continues to be very much a mentor to me today uh, and great sounding board has a, an incredible depth of knowledge in both paddling as well as engineering for for seating systems as well as adaptation so he was something that' was very instrumental to me and the likes of the early uh, you know ad- adaptive paddling community John McDonald, uh, and a host of others out of Ohio, uh, who really were became mentors for me as I went through the adaptive paddling instructor trainer process. So those are just the kind of host of people, and you can appreciate, and your listeners can appreciate, it takes a village to get these do these things. And uh, now I I now call these these people very much my very dear friends. We've expanded that friend personal client you know network around the world, having now taught this now taught this specific course uh, almost two dozen times both here in the united states and abroad so it's pretty awesome to have friends around the world who, uh who support uh, support the program and support my own interest in, the, in, the, in the endeavors
0: very cool now since getting involved in uh, adaptive paddle sports you kind of went all in and you you were a co-founder <laughs> of the Adap- pittsburgh adaptive paddling sorry pittsburgh adaptive sports network is that correct
1: that's right. Yeah. So I can give a bit of context for people there too. And what ends up happening is my own curiosity kind of gets the best of me. As a, as I said, as a learner, as a teacher, uh, as an entrepreneur, all these things kind of kept a melting pot, right? And so through my, my own interests in learning about adaptive sports, as I mentioned with Ashley, Brian and Dan and others, became very quickly uh, aware to me or apparent to me in Pittsburgh, there's amazing resources that exist here. And an interesting thing is, is that they really weren't collaborating very very much or they weren't, you know, kind of going all in together. And there's the the mantra, which you may well know, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go, if you want to go far, you go together. And I took a nose upon myself, but really felt the, the impetus to kind of bring people together. And we kind of organized this consortium of adaptive sports organizations, not even paddling. That was this was kind of the first step of what what has now become my own paddling organization. Uh, and we brought those people together. and we brought sixty plus organizations together um, to learn about each other, to share resources, to become you know a true community unto itself. And in through that process, John, just like any kind of grassroots community organization, it began to, it began to get legs uh, and kind of took on a life of its own in terms of an uh, additional resource for the for the community. And then more often than not, people didn't realize that similar such resources existed. Uh, which is a great opportunity for for connection, a great opportunity for collaboration. So yeah, the the Adaptive Sports Network continues to be a grassroots initiative here in Pittsburgh and in the southwestern Pennsylvania region to kind of connect the community to uh, the wealth of adaptive sports organizations and resources that exist that may otherwise go unnoticed.
0: So Larry, what do you enjoy most about working with paddlers with disabilities?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, uh, what it comes down to is is just sharing my passion for being outside and water uh, and with people who would otherwise, who have told me personally, told me individually in person they can never do this. And when when I have the opportunity to be a part of their story uh, and for those individuals who who don't think they can uh, and I help them realize that they can do anything they want to do, and this happens to be, in this case, kayaking, that we all love, This everyone listening to this podcast loves, that's what gets it for me. (laughs) That's what really drives it home is uh, making the world a better place to paddle. And uh, it's really helping people understand that anything is possible. That's what it's all about.
0: What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you face in in living this mission?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do um, with just general awareness. (laughs) You know, information, you can go Google adaptive paddling. And of course, you would expect to find uh, and you would you would find some resources out there. And it's not as niche as people think, right? So clearly we have the Paralympic movement uh, that exists. Uh, and now we actually have uh, Paracanoe, which didn't exist four years ago or five years ago, and now it exists. So I would say six years ago, like there was information available, but it really wasn't mainstream, so to speak. So it was kind of hard to find information, right? And then so it's a testament to, to you for a podcast and resources like this one to spread the word, less so about the individuals and more so about just the the resources that exist out there, they are there now, right? And that's kind of one of the biggest challenges. And then I think secondly is, you know, probably less so in the past 10 years is how to get the information out. And now we've got all the mediums like this one. So podcasts and websites and YouTube, there's so much out there now. Um, it's almost overwhelming. <laughs> so the challenge is keeping up with it all really now, right? Uh, in light of uh, all the things happening with technology, but its it's been really great. And uh, sincerely appreciate you for giving the opportunity to uh, to share the information.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Larry, what can others do to get involved with universal paddling?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a couple things, right? So there are, going back to the American Canoe Association, so there's the uh, AmericanCanoe.org website that has uh, under instruction, there's a dedicated uh, section for universal paddling to give you information about how to find instructors, instructor trainers, and instructor trainer educators that uh, live around the country. I think at last count, uh, at least when this podcast is being recorded, there are about 14 uh, instructor trainer ITEs uh, around the country who can facilitate uh, the program that I've been describing here. Uh, And then you'd you'd be happy to know as a fellow instructor that there are now 350 plus uh, endorsed instructors uh, around the country um, who have taken the course, uh, some of whom have taken it one time and taken it back to their, their own community Um, The extent to which they've done anything with it is obviously on a a case-by-case basis, but you have a a fairly vast network of individuals who are also available for obviously consult or for just kind of reaching out to. Uh, That's a good place to start. And then uh, hopefully we can link in the show notes or I can, um, I'm have to be a resource for people as well through Dynamic Paddlers, my own school uh, here in Pittsburgh um, to help kind of share the wealth because quite frankly, it's, if I don't. If, I don't, if I'm not doing, an, you know, not doing it here in Pittsburgh, there's individuals around the country who I'd be happy to connect you with to connect you into the organizations and people who are doing this. So it's probably a good place to start.
0: How, how have you seen the universal paddling movement grow over the last few years?
1: Yeah, so that's a tremendous question. Um, you know, I'll speak generally you know, in as much as, you know, as I said from the beginning. So it started as adaptive. Uh, with a, a laser focus over the past you know, two decades, three decades now uh, around physical disability. And we recognize that, you know, it's not just about physical disability, but there's been a, not just a strong interest in, uh, but I would say demand because of the success uh, of that programming for people uh, of different abilities with specifically those with uh, non-physical disabilities who want to paddle as well. And so I would say that demand then became a mechanism for a concerted effort to develop an entirely new curriculum. in this case for people with visual impairments who may have hearing impairments, so the non-physical disability. so there's an entire that movement, so to speak, or the demand has now generated an interest in developing entire separate curriculum and certification. So that's the kind of one thing that uh, that I've seen and we've been a part of. And then more specifically, I made reference to it earlier, the Paralympic movement, as I mentioned, uh, adaptive sports have been around for, for ages, but paddling specifically has not been uh, in the Paralympic Games. It was uh, introduced in Rio. Uh, you may be familiar, and you're going to see it again this year in Tokyo. In terms of para canoe, as it's referred to, which is uh, which is uh, sprint kayaking, uh, which is pretty impressive to see. So I think that's a testament to just you know just the movement, but uh, paddling becoming a very approachable and very accessible sport for uh, for individuals and now we're seeing it at the, on the world stage here in just a few months it's pretty exciting
0: well that is that is pretty great i love the focus on the ability as opposed to the disability let's make sure that everybody can participate <laughs> and we are all all equal and all able
1: that, that's exactly right you know build onto that too john i think take that one step further is you know you, you'll hear a lot about and you, we hear this every single day in the workplace regardless of where we work if we work in a corporate environment we work in parks and recreation around inclusi- inclusivity uh, and making sure that we have programming, making sure we have infrastructure for people of different abilities to be included with their able-bodied friends, family, uh, and everybody else, right? And so there is definitely one, there is one mechanism to actually be able to provide programming, instruction, opportunities for people with disabilities to get out and do things themselves. Mm-hmm. But this is also about leveling the playing field for people to get out and do the things they would otherwise do with their friends and family with without any difference or, or difficulty in doing so. The analog I like to share, uh, and this is probably going for your listeners, if you look at if I can show you a, a picture of 12 paddlers on the water um, and they're all sitting in kayaks, maybe on flat water, maybe on moving water. And then I ask you to, sh- to, to say, well, who here has a disability? It becomes very difficult to do, especially when you're looking at bo- boats bobbing up and down the water. Because at the end of the day, John, water becomes the ultimate equalizer. We shed anything that may resemble uh, disability or be associated with disability. In this case, maybe that's crutches. Maybe that's uh, a wheelchair. Uh, maybe that's uh, you know, something else that would otherwise have a stigma associated with different ability. When we're in the boats, we're all paddlers. And that's awesome. <laughs> and that's why we do what we do.
0: Larry, how can listeners reach you to learn more about and get involved in Universal Paddle Sports?
1: Yeah, so for for me personally, as I mentioned, so we we have a school here in southwestern Pennsylvania called Dynamic Paddlers. Uh, the name comes by way of kind of what I've learned over the years is that every individual is unique. Everyone is dynamic. So that's kind of where that comes from. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, dynamicpaddlers.com is our website, and then more so most active on social media. So you can also find Dynamic Paddlers on Facebook uh, as well as Twitter. So at Dynamic Paddlers, pretty straightforward. So. The website, uh, Facebook, uh, Dynamic Paddlers, and also on Twitter. And then uh, my email address is in all those places, but my email address is very simple. It's just lg at lg.dynamicpaddlers.com. And uh, I'm happy to be a resource for your listeners uh, to either answer questions or, or pass them along and introduce them to people in the broader community if, uh, if I can't help them. So I appreciate that.
0: Excellent. I will certainly put uh, your website and uh, information in our show notes as well. Um, if somebody wanted to find an endorsement near them, where might they go to find that endorsement?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question too. So the uh, probably less so than the other uh, courses uh, in terms of the other disciplines and endorsements that exist through the ACA. They exist, uh, but they're little far and few between uh, cause, because because only so few IT and ITE. So just for that, giving that caveat in terms of when you go to the ACA website, the AmericanCanoe.org. And you look and it's maybe not, it may come up blank or <laughs> make come up empty. So that's the first place I would look. Uh, and then the second thing I would encourage everyone to do is when you go there to search for instruction, just send an email all of the ITs and ITEs and adaptive paddling discipline, universal paddling discipline, excuse me. Um, we're all very approachable and very much accessible via email. Send us an email based on your state or send it to all of us or uh, just send it to one of us uh, and we'll be happy. We have a very close knit community so we'll make sure to route it appropriately. So. AmericanCanoe.org is the website. Uh, do a search for the directory through the event calendar there, or just give us a ping through through email, which you can find a directory on the website.
0: Well, certainly appreciate the work that you're doing and the work that the rest of the ITS and ITEs are doing to help advance universal paddle sports uh, nationwide and worldwide as well. Larry, who else who else do you think might be a good guest for us to have on Paddling the Blue?
1: Yeah, there's 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 so many that come to mind. <laughs> and I was giving this some thought before we were talking and as we were talking. There's one specific individual. I mentioned him, him already, and his name is Kevin Carr. Um, and I, a couple of reasons. So Kevin is also uh, a fellow instructor trainer with the ACA, uh, a tremendous instructor. He's based out of Minnesota. But I think what would be interesting for your audience uh, as it relates to equipment, um, Kevin is the founder of a company called Creating Ability. Uh, based in Chatfield, Minnesota, right in the backyard uh, of Current Designs. Uh, this is not a promo for Current Designs by any means, but uh, <laughs> some people may know Winona and Current Designs, uh, that brand. But he, he is in Minnesota. So Kevin, uh, through his company, has been an uh, incredible uh, resource and in providing thought leadership and best practices and engineering and actual product for adaptive paddling seating systems. Uh, as well as some incredibly uh, ingenious adaptations specifically for paddling. Uh, Kevin is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, He's definitely an engineer. If you get to talk to him in a good way, you'll get to hear about kind of how he thinks about approaching problems uh, and approaching things in a very creative way specifically for paddlers. He's just a great friend and a tremendous asset to the adaptive paddling community, through his work as an instructor, but also through his work as a as a product designer, product engineer, and uh, as a uh, one of the only one of the only if not manufacturers of adaptive paddling equipment amongst a few others. But he's been around for a long time, and he'd be a great resource for you to talk to. I'd be happy to make an introduction
0: for you. Fantastic! I will. Uh, I'll get that contact information from you offline here, and we'll make that introduction and try and get Kevin on the show in the future. That'd be so- great. So, Larry, I really appreciate you joining us tonight, and I really appreciate uh, learning about Universal Paddle Sports and you sharing how people can get involved in Universal Paddle Sports and how we can continue to make a difference in the paddle sports community.
1: Thank you so much, John, and uh, I appreciate and look forward to hearing what, uh, what others either take the information from here and look forward to seeing you all out uh, on the water. And as we like to say at Dynamic Paddlers, uh, keep calm and paddle on. That's what it's all about.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Larry. Have a great day. Thanks, John. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Larry. He's truly passionate about growing our sport and really making sure everybody has an opportunity to paddle regardless of ability. Our next episode is going to continue the theme, so join us for the next episode where we're going to talk with Steve Baskus and Ken Braband. Steve is a blind paddler and Ken was part of the guide team on an expedition through the out-of-sight series with Team River Runner, Steve and Ken are going to share with us their expedition through the Grand Canyon. So thanks for listening, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Paddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.